I'm amazed at the number of people who are here today. Uh, a substantial number of people, actually. Uh, that is the nature of a record store. That is the nature of a record show. People are, are here. Hi, how are you? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Who is this? Oh, come on over. Come on Hello. over. Hello. Do you know who this is? Introduce yeah. yourself to Michael. Hi, I'm Verna. What brings you down here? Um, just hanging out with some friends. We got some uh, free tickets from Eric Alper. Thought we'd come down and check out the from show. From that Eric Alper. From that Eric Alper. Okay, so when you're at a record show, what are you looking for? I'm just sort of looking at all the uh, memorabilia and having fun. Okay, so nothing in particular. Just everything in general. Then you look over and there's, and there's Radio's Alan, Alan Cross. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, giggling away. Yes, that's exactly right. So you're not here because you listen to the show? What show? <laughs> exactly, pick an Alan Cross show. I, I do enjoy Indy. No, no, that's not... also say happy birthday now. Thank you. Yes. Look at that. A dedicated fan. Uh, you thank go. you. Thank, thank you very much. Yes. Well, thanks for coming out. Nice to meet you. Okay, enjoy. See you later. Uh, everybody knew it was your birthday. Everybody did, yeah. Well, that's what—that's that's the tyranny of Facebook. That's, oh, LinkedIn. Yeah, that's okay, the so, other one. No, they're doing that now. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, you got to get your birthday off the LinkedIn. Because it said you're 87 when something, I looked this morning. Something like that. That's outrageous. Okay, so you're down. we're down here. This, I was amazed when we first arrived that um, the, the demographics seemed to skew towards comic book guy. Yep. Uh, that's more or less what we're looking at here. It's the audio version of comic book guy. But if you look around here, you'll see lots of families. You'll see a couple of X chromosomes, not that many. But, uh, you know, this is kind of like a rush show where it's mostly guys. But, uh, you know, look at all the people here that are looking for things to fill in their record collection with. So at 10 o'clock, uh, the doors open as a VIP uh, scenarios, and, and that seemed to be the, the comic book guy demographic. But now that we're here, and, and it's after 11, and the crush is in, and there are thousands of people here, the demographics have changed somewhat here. It, it's, it seems to be a little more hipster. Yep. And, and I suppose that's that vinyl component to it. I suppose so. Uh, people are coming here to... Uh... <sighs> Well, it's hard to... Okay. People are coming here because they have gaps in their record collections that they want to fill. Or they're coming here to introduce their significant others or their kids to vinyl. There or, are a lot of kids here. Or they're coming here. There are some people that are selling CDs and DVDs. And there's a substantial amount of uh, memorabilia that's available. Posters, books, uh, stickers, toys, that sort of stuff. There's a Kurt Cobain thing over here that somebody would probably buy. And these are mostly dealers, people who uh, specialize in this sort of thing that are here to sell whatever they've got, or what they'll do is purchase um, something from another dealer and then give it a modest markup and then sell it at the next show. Okay. So the views expressed on Geeks and Bees are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Estonian house here at Broadview and Danville. Correct. Yes. Live, on location from the far corner of the Estonian Center, at Toronto's best vintage vinyl show, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Justify your life and put two bucks into Gene Simmons' pocket. We reviewed the, uh, well, what could be the worst iPhone app ever. Could Miley Cyrus really come in like a wrecking ball? The answer is yes. 
but the mess would be revolting. Where you stand at a concert says something about you, and how much you pay for watered-down domestic drafts says something else. <laughs> the universe's worst earworms, and yes, we'll be infecting you with one. Plus, a dearth of inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of the future, who bought our 50th episode swag, and the best mashup of the day takes us back to the late 90s. Geeksandbeats.com Now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities. So, um... This kiss photo bomb. It's app. a... No, it's terrible. It's a terrible app. Who the heck came up with this? Gene Simmons himself? Uh, probably. Again, you know, there are 7,000 officially licensed KISS products. 7,000. From condoms to caskets, as Gene says, they get you coming and going. Oh. Um, this app is... Uh, it's a bit of a bait and switch because if you just download the free version, there's really not much you can do. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Look at this. More people coming. Wicks, wicked sticks. Custom, Custom woodwork. woodwork. Okay, I'm going to keep that for the basement of the new okay, studio. Okay, so that, that was Dan. Yes. GMB listener Dan, who is, is looking at maybe doing your basement. Dan Lynch. Yes, thank you. Thanks for he didn't. He didn't get himself a sticker. No. We're almost out of the stickers. We had seven. That's a good point. We yeah. had seven. Okay, hang on I took two. I gave you one. I didn't think anyone was actually going to show no, up. No, we did have a number of people. I mean, in fact, you know, you talked to a couple. Indeed. Let's get back to this Kiss app here because okay. it is free, but it is, as you point out, a bit of a bait and switch. Because the free version doesn't really do much. You have to buy the Kiss pack for a buck ninety nine. Is that what it's yeah, worth? Yeah, it's a dollar ninety nine. You get the three Kiss packs. Yeah. And then it allows you to put the KISS makeup over yourself, as opposed to this crappy KISS okay, mask you, that the free one does. You took that one of me, right? Yeah. Okay, so what we'll, I'll just show you the crappy one. We'll put that in the uh, in the show notes. Okay. Just send me the crappy one. and uh, Kind of as, as a warning not as to get warning, the app. Yeah. If you, yeah warning Gene not. Simmons putting out crap? Please. Would never happen. It would never happen. Right. All right. Let's, I think the, the if you see the KISS app, with the, which allows you to kissify things, think twice about it. It doesn't seem to be that great of an app. No matter how long your tongue is. No, I stuck out my tongue very, very far. And then the, the mask masked it. We didn't actually get to see your tongue. No. Which I, quite frankly, to anyone who would be watching. Well, yeah, that's an issue. Okay, I'm going to talk. Uh, Miley Cyrus coming in like a wrecking ball. Science disproves the possibility that the long-tongued one herself could do uh, so. I'm waiting for this to load. There it is. Um, I'm just going to read this to you um, because, see, this is why the Internet was invented for settling issues just like this. Um, the Internet has proven beyond the shadow of a scientific doubt that it is impossible for Miley Cyrus or anyone that, or else for that matter to come in like the proverbial wrecking ball. Uh, David McDonough is a third-year science student at the University of Leicester, and he applied some physics to Miley's assertion that she can, in fact, come in like a wrecking ball in a paper entitled The Viability of Coming in Like a Wrecking Ball. An actual wrecking ball weighs between 1,000 and 7,000 kilograms. This, it's got to be that big in order to accomplish its assigned task of bringing down buildings. Um, 7,000 kilograms is a far cry from Ms. Cyrus's acknowledged weight of 49 kilograms. However... <laughs> Which is what, uh, 115 pounds? 108. Okay. The real genius of a wrecking ball is the momentum it carries when it oscillates. A wrecking ball's momentum produces a large amount of force when it hits something like a brick wall, and that force is, of course, great enough to now knock down brick and steel. Because it weighs so much, a wrecking ball does not have to travel very fast in order to do some serious damage. At 7,000 kilograms, you know, a few miles an hour will do. 
In order for her to carry the same momentum, Miss Cyrus would have to be traveling at more than 390 kilo miles per hour in order to come in like an actual wrecking ball. She'd be blurred. It's crazy. But where her claim really falls apart is what happens when her momentum is transferred to the wall. Her body would be subjected to more than 350 Gs in deceleration, which is some 340 Gs over the fatal limit for humans, and she would strike the wall with a force of over 200,000 Newtons. Now, what's 200,000 Newtons? A lot. It's the equivalent of being shot out of a 747 engine at full thrust. So the conclusion of all this is that Miley Cyrus may in fact be able to come in like a wrecking ball, but it wouldn't be pretty. Her body would instantly shatter and liquid will fly like a bug on a windshield. Uh, Mr. McDonough's conclusion is, therefore, and this is a quote from the paper, based on these findings, it is clear that a human being cannot possess the characteristics of a wrecking ball without sustaining significant injury and other objects should be sought as an analogy. Thank you, Internet. And thank you, David McDonough. He must be big fun at parties. I listen. Good for him. Thank you very much. So science debunks the idea that Miley could really come in like a wrecking ball. True. Okay. Having said that, uh, we've got some music videos with a science theme, and you report on a journal of musical things that uh, this is actually great for scientific literacy. Yeah, I think it is. I'm not so convinced. Why? Well, don't you remember in high school when the school would have some sort of function. Maybe it would be the cops would come in and talk about don't do drugs or yeah. what have you. And they would always try to, to make it youth-oriented. So there might be a, an anti-drug rap. Don't yeah. you remember sitting there no, in, in, in the auditorium school. rolling your eyes at the grown-ups trying to get you interested in their topic by trying to talk to you at your level? Well, it doesn't work. Well, that's not the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Um, let's, let's call up They Might Be Giants. Okay. Great band, the Johns. Um, and they have all kinds of scientific videos. They have one called Cells. They have another one called uh, Meet the Elements. They have uh, another one called I Am a Paleontologist. They have another one called What is a Shooting Star? Right, and They Might Be Giants is not exactly the world's most popular band. No, but they're very here. With a certain demographic, with, a, with the no, nerdarati. I, I don't know a single non-nerd who thinks they might be giants as a cool It doesn't band. matter. I'm saying if, if they have a cool song like Cells, for, for example, or a song like a, What is a Shooting Star, and another one, here's a, this is the best one. They have a song called Why Does the Sun Really Shine? The sun is a miasma of incandescent plasma. You're reporting, though, but singsaboutscience.org. They have links to 7,000 songs that they think would be great for science teachers trying to get the kids interested in the product. A fossil rock anthem is right up there at the top. Okay, well, maybe this one's not a great one. Well, it's a parody of the hip-hop song Party Rock Anthem. Yeah, okay. And again, back to the idea that the kids are just going to roll their eyes if Mr. Science shows up Monday morning with this under his arm. You did? Fossil rocks are in the ground. Plus, 
plants and animals stuck in the spot, huh? Each new layer stacking up, so the oldest on the bottom and the newest on top. So how old is your fossil, bro? Well, it was pretty far down, so it's pretty darn old. And I dated this one, so I got to know. It's from 3.5 billion years ago. Yo, I got that lava flow, volcano, air full of particles and smoke. There goes life as they know now that's a blast. Most rocks ain't moving that fast. The sediment's evidence like a present telling us of the past. Fossil rocks are in the ground tonight They've been down there for a really long time They contain the history of life They've been down there for a really long time Fossil rocks are in the ground tonight They've been down there for a really long time They are literally on the ground Take your chisel out and Flake that Every day I'm shoveling. Well, look, it's better than... If, if you can get any kid interested in science in any way, I think it's a good idea. And if you can get, use, use music to do it, fine. Brush it off. Hear the story of life as told through rock. The story of the earth as told through life. Now stop. All right, Jen, so let's ask you. This is your first vintage vinyl show? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so just, to see you guys. just came to see us. Okay, do you actually own a record player? No. <laughs> no. He's like he's the technical music guy. So we had the Sonos, and then we had the Roku for a while. I don't know. We had. Okay, and, and you are Ian Long. Ian. Yeah. You bought the traveling. You bought the traveling mug. Oh, you're the guy. <laughs> How is the mug? I haven't got it yet. It's still in shipment. It's still in transit. Well, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, you know, you're gonna love it. You can, you can bring. It's very it. good. It's a very good I mug. Yes, it is. I got it. I heard you. I, I heard you. Yeah, I was going to go for the hundred dollar T-shirt. We got one guy who Did bought you? the hundred dollar T-shirt. Uh, should have had two. I was going to do it. Yeah, his name is Victor Biggio. He did buy it, huh? That yeah. wasn't a joke. That wasn't a joke. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah. So, do you will be. Exactly. Uh, no, I don't see any money. Listen, he, he spends more, far more time on this than I do, so whatever happens, happens. Yeah, there's going to be a forensic investigation at some point. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Counting of the yeah. show, yeah. and I'm going to be hauled off. Yeah. That's for sure. That's true. Uh, that's right. This is. Oh my goodness! People actually showing up for this thing. I've got to talk to Akeem. How much are you paying to get in? Ten bucks? Five bucks. Five bucks. Okay, what should we ask Akeem for? Well, I think we should definitely ask for two fifty. Two fifty. He has a CD already, so he's actually. Yeah. Well, we can't. We can't really. You know, the, see the guys that, that that show up here. They pay to be here. Yeah. The the, the vendors. So we really can't. You know, get them to contribute, but Akeem. You bought a CD, what'd you buy? Uh, what did I buy? Uh, uh, no, I bought Stangus and Gibraltar. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Going way back. Yeah, exactly. Classic stuff. Okay. Excellent stuff. Well, well thank, thank you for coming and thank you. Enjoy your sticker. We'll have to pop by again when Dan gets here because he'll want to stick. Well, if you see the others, make sure you say, you swing them this way because we're buried where's in the corner here. Where's your sign? I've been here. Uh, so it didn't work out. <laughs> Apparently, he wasn't. The problem was the DPIs weren't high enough, and we couldn't oh, get the Oh, it's the graphic designer's fault. It's the graphic designer's fault. We needed 300 by 300 DPI, and all he could imagine was 75. Such as life. The resolution would have been bad and not good. Thanks for swinging by. Right. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Love the show, guys. Thanks. Cut the cord and go to geeksandbeats.com anytime. You'll get the latest episode and links to the stories the boys are talking about. 
geeksandbeats.com. Also available on 8-track and cassette. They, they put us here at the back. Yes. Uh, and, and I suppose that says a little bit about us. <laughs> More than anything else. But uh, where you stand at a concert actually says something about you. Uh, yeah, okay. Now, I'm going to be... A little bit of psychoanalysis. Okay, first of all, this is from Pitchfork. So you have to take anything that Pitchfork says with a grain of, of salt. Who is Pitchfork, Pitchfork and why uh, should we care? Uh, Pitchfork Media, Pitchfork, the, uh, the super snobby uh, uh, music review site. Ah, okay. So here we're looking down our noses at someone who stands directly in front of the stage, directly behind the people, directly in front of the stage, in the middle of the room, by the bar, somewhere along the outer wall, the balcony, or the back of the room. Where are you? I am at either the back of the room, next to the soundboard, which is where you'll find the best sound, and if the band sucks, I can... Uh, there's easy egress. Or, if I'm really interested in the band, I, and then there's a balcony available, I would rather be up there. I don't want to be down front where I can be sweat upon, burned, uh, trod upon by some stage diver or body surfer. Uh, I want to enjoy the show from my own perspective and without being hassled. Now, according to Pitchfork, if you do stand directly in front of the stage at a show, your zeal compels you to arrive several hours earlier than necessary to stake out and secure a position as close to the band as the architecture of the venue will allow. And so I guess the, the premise here is that you want others to think that you belong to an exclusive cadre of concert goers. The ultimate fine, fine, whatever. Now, it says of you, who stands at the back of the room, you've worked hard over the years to cultivate an image of indifference towards things that you like, including the live music you just paid to see. You hope to impress upon those around you of your attitude of supreme insouciance. I do. You carry yourself with this air of supreme insouciance. Maybe. I, I just want good sound, and I want to leave if the band sucks. That's an interesting point, though, that if you're standing at the back, you're getting what the sound guy is hearing, and what the sound guy is doing is trying to mix the best quality audio. And if you make friends, there might be a little bit of a riser that you can stand on so you can actually see over everybody's head. Ah, okay. And then, again, back to your point, if the pyrotechnics burn the building to the ground, you get the first one out. I'm the first one out the door. You're the first one out the door. I tend to be the guy who hangs out by the bar. Listen, okay, this says that you drink overpriced domestic beer, which is not true because you don't drink domestic beer. Uh, and it also says that this, by, this position is by nature temporary because by the end of the evening, you're invariably drifting from your post and into the crowd shouting for an encore. Not true. Not true at all. The reason why I hang out at the bar is so that I don't feel compelled to look like I'm participating in the festivities themselves. I don't want to be that guy jumping up and down who is clearly doing the white man's overbite, trying to dance. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. So it's easy to, to latch onto the bar and you're there, you're present, but you're not participating. Yes, and that's kind of what I do at the back of the room. I mean, uh, you don't want to see me jumping up and down in front of the stage because it just looks stupid. And if, if you choose the balcony when you're at a, uh, a show, you probably call shows, quote, concerts. Um, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so then clearly you're not uh, one of the cool kids. Apparently I'm not one of the cool kids, but I have no desire to be one of the cool kids, so I'm happy at the back of the room. Shut up and leave me alone. You're looking this week at who will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or who might be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted in the future. Yeah, they, by the time this, uh, okay, this comes out on the 9th, so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony will be on the 10th. 
And here's the problem. Okay, so the criteria for being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that you have to have your first album out at least 25 years ago, um, which means we probably have enough superstar rock acts of the pre-internet era to carry us through until 95, 96, maybe 97. How long till Rick Astley gets? Well, in? no, he's actually eligible. That's a good point. Um, but I don't think we have to worry about him. Wow, it's been that long since Rick Astley put out that remarkable track. Never gonna give you up, Oh, Never. you're looking it up now. Never gonna give you up. The answer is 1987. So yes, he's he's been he's been eligible for a couple. The of The 90s years. were still like 10 years ago to me. Uh, well, no, they're not actually. The 90s were 14 years ago, and uh, the, the the problem lies is that since about 2000, we've done a very lousy job of creating new superstar acts. So who is going to be worthy 25 years from let's say 2001 to end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We can probably talk about Coldplay. We can probably talk about Green Day. Uh, Jack White will be there, maybe Oasis. But beyond that, it starts to get pretty, pretty weird. Okay, so what are the qualifications to be inducted other than age? Is, is it just a function of record sales? Uh, if you quote from the website, unquestionable music excellence. Yeah, well, that's very squishy. Well, it is. But, okay, who in the last 14 years has displayed unquestionable music excellence? A new, a new artist to emerge in the last 14 years. Well, clearly not Miley Cyrus. No. No, there aren't that many. Like I said, uh, we probably can talk about Coldplay. Uh, we can definitely talk about Jack White. Um, Eminem. Jay-Z, maybe. I bet Kanye would appreciate being inducted, but then that... that would, would that even be rock and roll? Well, even Jay-Z wouldn't be rock and roll. It doesn't matter. They've expanded the... Uh, I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame accepts non-rockers? Yeah, they were pressured into doing that, so... Who's the most recent inductee who technically isn't rock? Oh, we'd have to look, but they have hip-hop and R&B acts going in there now. I like, know. I think Run DMC is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is, is there not a, a separate Hall of Fame for hip-hop and... All that other nonsense? Hang on. I think that the biggest qualification for whether or not you ought to be inducted into the Hall of Fame is is whether or not your music creates an earworm. <laughs> Maybe. But by the way, uh, our Run DMC is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 2010. 2009, sorry, 2009. And so clearly yes, they're we, stretching. No, I, I think Run DMC is an important band, but I just don't think that they... Uh, We're looking at the universe's worst earworms, according to a Journal of Musical Things.com. Number five, Diamonds by Rihanna. Number four, Macarena. Oh, I would agree with that. Lou Bega's Mambo number five is number three. Who Let the Dogs Up by the Baja Men, number two. And number one with a bullet, The Lion Sleeps Tonight by the Tokens. Yeah, these are based on a, um, a study, a worldwide study that uh, some scientists in England have done. Uh, what they've asked is uh, to, they've set up a website and they've asked for people to report what's been looping in their heads. And uh, those are the songs that they came up with. I, I don't, uh, my, I, you know, it changes for, for me. Uh, it's been Lords Royals recently. Um, I had uh, Stay With Me from the Faces going into my head for a while. Um, and as you point out, Eric Cartman's version of Come Sail, Come Sail Away. Away. Yeah, yeah. He has to sing the entire song through in order for him to get the song out of his head. I'm sailing away. 
pretty fish to laugh. Get your head of me. Well, as we've reported before, I will mention it again because, quite frankly, I think it's the biggest public service we could give to anyone listening to the show is that the best way to get rid of an earworm is Sudoku. Yes, yeah. Do something that requires your brain to shift away from that looping section of your memory into something that will allow you to uh, try something else. And while Sudoku is vaguely mathematics, you don't have to be focused on algebra. You don't need to be working on relative theories. No, you don't. You just need to have something that gets your brain focused on something else for a short period of time. Correct. Just to make it a little easier for you. Music videos with the science theme meantime. Uh, you uh, report that uh, Sing About Science has a link of more than 7,000. Yeah, oh, shit. I remember you did this. We did this. <laughs> I'm just going through the list, and it's in there twice. It is? Uh, you, you've been thinking a lot about artists' complaints when it comes to how much they make from streaming. And oh, this is a long with. topic, dude. Maybe we should save that one for next week because it's a long Oh, thank goodness. It's a long one. It's a long one. It's loud in here, yeah. and quite frankly, I I think you're the only one who's interested in the subject. Uh, I'm I have to because I'm dealing with something along these lines when it comes to um, Canadian Music Week this year. Ah, yes. So this is your bread and butter, your bailiwick. Yeah, it's music copyright. Don't just let it go. We'll talk about it another time. All right. So as we're here at the big show, we see a lot of people looking for a lot of things. What's the secret? to finding what you're looking for at a record show like this? Two things. Number one, know what you're looking for ahead of time. Have a list. And secondly, if you have time, only... Oh, I'm going to do that again. First of all, you need to know what you're looking for. Come with a list, because otherwise you will be totally, totally overwhelmed by the selection here, and you'll just give up. So this is kind of like the, you see the, the newbie at a Costco show up with a cart, and they go up and down the aisles, and they walk out $2,000 poorer, whereas if you just walked in knowing you needed 300 grams of something or other. Right, exactly. So if you know what you're looking for, you'll make friends with the dealers that um, can supply what can supply you with stuff the kind of records that you're looking for. If it's memorabilia, well, then it's come as catch can. You find whatever's here. Um, that's uh, uh, an interesting way of doing things. Um, but other than that, just come knowing what you need. Now, the guy who's directly across from us here with the, with the bib uh, around his waist. Oh, yeah, here he is. Okay. He's the guy that came to my house and bought a whole bunch of stuff from me. He came to your house? Yes. And bought a bunch of records? No, he bought a bunch of... Um, Magazines and books. Okay, and so is there money in that? Yes, there is. I mean, look at the amount of booth space that he has rented, and look at the number of people that are buying stuff from him. Okay, so he's, he's got the entire width of the stage here. Yeah, he's very, and that's that's his spot. Whenever he comes to this particular, um, uh, he comes to this particular show, that's where he sets up. And All right, so he's probably got four times the booth space of everyone else here. Pretty much. So he's a, the big shot in this business? Yes, he is. Okay, is he making money off this? Is this his line of work, or is this well, just a hobby? Well, it's, I, think it's, I think it's one of his lines of work. But he's making, he's making a decent money on it. Must be making decent money on it, because uh, otherwise he wouldn't waste his time doing this. Right. Okay, so all these people here are appear to be browsing, but you're saying that the diehards would have been here at 10 o'clock yes. when uh, we first arrived, right. before the doors opened for the VIPs. Right. Now, what people will do is that, um, okay, take a look at this guy in front of us, for example. What he's doing is he's going through um, a bin that is labeled Beatles. Okay. So he is looking for specific 
Beatles records or a Beatles record that he has never seen before. It could be a bootleg, it could be an import, it could be a weird collection from someplace. Last time I was here, I bought some um, uh, Russian uh, pressings of uh, a, a live Rush album. So, live Rush album? Yeah, that was recorded in Cleveland in 1970-something, but was printed in Russian. <laughs> and that's the kind of cool stuff you can find. Okay, then what do you do with it once you're done with it? See, I, I would take one or two pieces and I would put them up on a wall, framed, and call it a day. Well, that's, as, that's, that's one thing that you can do. The other thing you can do is you can trade them much like stocks. These records have intrinsic value, and if you uh, know what you're looking for, and you can maybe find a, a good stock that's a good value that you know it's going to appreciate over the next little while, you can flip that. And you have to be, if you're going to do it that way, though, you have to be very, very, very uh, emotionally detached from the records that you purchase. Ah, okay, so very much like a regular investment, you want to remove emotion from the, the equation. When you're making an investment decision in vinyl, what are some of the criteria you need to go through? Well, what you're looking for is, uh, first thing is, 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 is uh, the quality. There is a sliding scale of quality that everybody uses. It starts with uh, mint, which means the record is pretty much brand new. And then it goes from mint to excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, and unplayable. The more that you can... The, the better the quality, the better the condition, obviously, is more that you can charge for it. When we talk about quality, we not only mean the record inside, but the sleeve and the, and the cover. Um, then the other thing is, how much is something in, in demand? If uh, you can have something that's, that's extraordinarily rare, but if nobody wants it, it's not worth anything. So you look for that balance between quality and demand and uh, uh, desirability. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. Hey, look at this. I just went to uh, the Cafe Press website, and someone actually spent money... On what? On the limited edition 50th episode long sleeve t-shirt. Victor Biggio of San Francisco. Victor. <laughs> Poor Victor. Thank you, Victor. Victor's the one who's been going around taking pictures of his GNB travel, uh, miracle travel mug of traveling. I, uh, I have to go to Minneapolis tomorrow. I'm there till Wednesday. And then I'm off to next Saturday night, I'm off to London. From London, I'm off to Mauritius. And then I'm from Mauritius, I'm back to Paris. So maybe I should take my mug. We also have to thank uh, Garth Newton from Kitchener, Ontario. He uh, actually got in on the action as well. Now, the, we were only going to do this for one week. Leave him up there. And, and then nobody bought the great 50th episode shirt, so I didn't take the store down. I forgot, quite frankly. <laughs> and, and we've got a pair of them. No, we can't leave them up, because if we leave them up, then back to the record uh, story, you're, you're devaluing that limited edition yes. by keeping it up. Oh, no, you're not. I mean, how many are we going to sell? Well, we've sold two. Okay. So that's, that's 200 bucks. but we're probably getting about $70 out of each of them. So we made 140 bucks out of it. Well, thank you. That'll allow us to uh, do what? That'll allow us to just keep the show up and running there for another go. year okay, or so. Then, then let's just leave it and well, we still haven't paid Andrea, our voiceover artist. I thought you did. No, no, no. She didn't give me the PayPal account stuff, and then I had to pay for all this other stuff. Well... Forget it, then. Okay. So, uh, Garth and Victor, thank you so much. We're going to close the show, the the, uh, the store down now so that uh, you guys have that limited edition.
freakish in nature, they'll probably end up putting it on eBay. Probably. Yeah, exactly. So the Geeks and Beats update uh, on uh, the uh, the big store. Thank you so much uh, for showing your support uh, on that. We've put the store back up to the regular store now. So uh, if you want to get in on the action, you can uh, get the Miracle Travel Mug of Traveling, which, uh, again, you've gone on and on and on about. You can also get the regular uh, ceramic mug, which is the one I've got. Except that I haven't taken an action shot of me with it because generally I drink my coffee with my morning bagel while I sit in my 50-gallon soaker tub reading the morning news. And you don't want to see the tips of my toes in the shot. Oh, God. I know. I just push you off your lunch. Stop that. Oh, God. (laughs) If you want to pick up some of these uh, sweet swag, uh, insanely overpriced, go to geeksandbeats.com slash swag, and you can get on that uh, as well. Geeks and Beats update from something we were talking about last week, mashups. I think we need to have a section on the site dedicated explicitly to all these mashups you keep Oh, You know, I I like this one. It is uh, Daft Punk versus Strong Bad. Do you remember Homestar (laughs) Runner? I remember Strong Bad. This this takes you back like 15 years of the internet. 15 years, yeah. 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 Strong Bad on, on Homestar Runner used to do the uh, the um, uh, advice column. Exactly. Say come on, oh guys. Say come on, oh guys. Everybody to the limit. Everybody to the limit. Everybody come on, oh guys. Say come on, oh guys. Say come on, oh guys. Everybody to the limit. Who's that? It's to the limit. Everybody come on, oh guys. Come on, oh guys. I see you jocking me, trying to play like. I'm like, come on, oh, guys, say come on, oh, guys, everybody to the limit, the G is to the limit, everybody come on, oh, guys, say, ooh, ah, oh, guys, say, ooh, ah, oh, guys, who's that for, oh, why, say, who is that for, oh, guys, I don't know who it is, but it probably is for, oh, guys, I asked my friend Joe, I asked my friend Jake, they said it was for, oh, guys, say, come on, oh, guys, say, come on, oh, Who's it to the limit? Say me, I'm to the limit. Everybody come off a of hoa, guys. We're up all night to the sun. We're up all night to get some. We're up all night for good fun. We're up all night to get lucky. 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 She's up all night to the sun. Oh, thank you, Akeem, for allowing us to come to your record show. Absolutely fantastic. I, I, I was blown away. I, I didn't know what to expect. You told me this was the number one record show in Toronto. Yep. I didn't believe it. Yep. Uh, particularly because it was at the Estonian Center. I have lived in this neighborhood. And you've never known about this? For, since I was 16. And I've never been in this building. Wow. Okay. Until today. And they buried us in the corner. They did bury us in the corner. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. The authority on technology and music since 1913. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. I'm like, come on, oh guys, say come on, oh guys, everybody to the limit, the chief is to the limit, everybody come on, oh guys. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.